Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Malin King is a certified sleep consultant and doula. While nannying in the U.S., she fell in love and brought her American boyfriend back to Sweden to marry. She now has two kids, ages three and one. She is loving her journey through entrepreneurship. Malin, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. So before we get started, I would love for you to share your story. Tell us about you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your life before getting into this line of work and, and then your transition to becoming a sleep consultant. Yes. Um, so when I got my son in 2018, I read the book Babywise and I was just floored by how easy uh, babyhood and like the early time was with my son. And every time, you know, there was an issue, we adjusted his schedule according to the book pretty much. And it was just kind of flowing from there. And um, in Sweden, there's nothing like routines and schedule. You just don't follow it. So I got a lot of um, hard criticism from, you know, midwives, hospital, uh, the doctors, like you can't do this. It's not going to work out. You're going to lose your breast milk. Everything's going to not work out pretty much. But it was amazing and it was so easy. So from there on, my interest grew and it just grew bigger and bigger until I decided I am so passionate about this. I just got to do something about it. And that's when I start studying or I mean, finding something to study. Perfect. And you actually, I was looking back, you enrolled in the course in Center for Pediatric Sleep Management in December of 2019. And you're actually one of my very, very first students. Um, but then you didn't actually launch your business until what was it almost two years later? Uh, what was getting in the way of you getting started? Yes, that is correct. So I was just going to do the final exam and we were going on vacation to Mauritius and that was that week of Corona hit the world. Uh, so I figured, you know, I'll take a little pause button and do it when I get back. And what happened when I got back is Corona blossomed. So we were like literally the last people landing back in Sweden on the airplane. And um, I kind of kept this excuse. I'm going to do it when Corona eases up. I don't know why. I can't blame it on Corona only. And then about a thousand different reasons why I wouldn't do it. Um, that was about the same time as my son got very, very hard to deal with. He was a year and a half around then. And from being like a very easy, um, happy child, he was getting a lot of struggles that we now know is um, ADHD and possibly autism, which I, I didn't understand it back then, but that was a big challenge for me. So I spent a lot of time doing activities and a lot of sensory activities with him. That was the only time he was still and calm. Um, and uh, yeah, eventually I came to the point where I cannot make excuses and I need to move forward with my life and be happy. And maybe it's not the best time when you, um, so I eventually, you know, got going when right before my, my daughter was born. So probably not the best time to launch your career, but I felt like it's gotta be about me soon. Like, uh, and you know, I was finally feeling I, I was fulfilling that life that I've been chasing. And as soon as I started, it was, it was amazing. 
Yeah, I, I saw it in you. It was sort of like a light bulb went off. And from that very first moment that you decided to put yourself out there, I think for you, you started an Instagram account and you made, you made a post. If you wouldn't mind sharing with everybody what that looked like. Uh, and I know you received such positive feedback and, and that probably, if I had to guess, gave you the, the courage to sort of go full force. Is that right? Yes. Um, I mean, initially it was maybe also holding me back was there was pretty much no one around me believing in me. It was, you know, my parents didn't really believe in this. My friends didn't believe in this. There was not a whole lot of people that thought I should go for it. So I felt like maybe this is not what I should be doing. But um, I eventually decided that if someone's going to believe in me, it's got to be myself. Like if no one else does it. Like, I believe in this. That's enough. And um, also me and my husband did a lot of, like, planning of, like, what is our strongest interest and how does that benefit? And I really decided, like, all my positive sides are really good for sleep consultants or my not as positive. You know, I'm really honest, which is really suitable. You have to be honest and be able to talk to your clients. Um, but um, sorry, now I lost track of the original question. That, that's okay. So I was asking you sort of um, if you could also share. No, I think that's really helpful. I think that people can really relate to that, right? That actually was just being interviewed for another podcast right before I hopped on to okay. chat with you. And one thing that came up in that conversation is the like the that your community around you can really squash your dreams if you let it, you know? Um, and it's really a shame because when you're, when you're trying to launch something that you're really excited about and you're really proud of, and then you have, whether it's friends or family or your extended network, not supporting you and cheering you on, that can make it really hard to, to keep pushing forward and, and to find a way to be successful. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up and, and being really honest about it. And I think it's something that we as entrepreneurs have to, we're constantly coming up against that, right? Because some people just don't understand what we do. Some people I think are a little envious of what we do, uh, the freedom that we have to have our own schedules and to make up our own rules in our work, right? That's, that's something that people who work a nine to five just don't always have. Um, mm -hmm. so, so I really appreciate you bringing that up. What I'd love to, for you to talk about, if you don't mind is, um, that first push that you oh, yeah. made to get your business off the ground? Because I think it's really yeah. exciting. Yes, sorry. So um, I made an original uh, first post or I made a few posts on my Instagram to get it kick started. And then I made a post that said, my company name is searching, I were used the word searching for um, children families uh, that want sleep coaching. And that, and I think I spent about $10 on the ad on Instagram and it just like shoot for the moon. But initially I have heard about this from another sleep consultant in our community and she did it and she got 20 clients. And I thought, oh my goodness, 20 clients, what an awesome start. And I think she offered half price to the remaining, you know, seven that she didn't coach or whatever. So I thought maybe I'll coach two or three families and, you know, whoever will come and apply, I will give them some sort of a discount. And before that, I thought, you know, 20 would be great. But come on, Marlene, you can push it. What, what's the next level? All right. Well, 50. What about 50? 50 would be amazing. But okay, Marlene, I, I'm not the most, you know, modest person. So let's shoot for the stars. What's the shoot for the stars? 100. What do I need to do to get 100 people to apply? So I posted that ad. You know, I made the little, uh, you know, $10 um advertising on instagram i sold totally to all my friends i send it 
everywhere like on every facebook you know person i know that i don't talk to anymore i was like i don't care this is weird but i'm just gonna send it out so my business name gets out there and what i do gets out there quicker and i got 250 plus applicants in about six days wow so That's it was fabulous. crazy yeah and i think just i think for you seeing that yeah yeah there is actually an interest for this my community does need this which actually leads me to my next question you know you're you're in sweden where i think there's only one other sleep consultant in the entire country right besides you so yes you you were literally introducing this type of support to an entire country, which is a unique situation to be in, uh, but one that you capitalized on pretty well. Yes, I was terrified to start in Sweden. I felt like it was my biggest hurdle because people did not sleep train. You know, there are no schedules. There is no doctors telling you the child to sleep through the night. So it was definitely something I was very scared about doing and I didn't know if it was gonna be received good. And it showed now after that it's been my biggest, you know, uh, pro uh, that, you know, so many people actually need because there are no help systems. So they actually, it's even more needed of help. So most of my clients, they don't even know sleep coaching exists. It's like, you know, it's like the rings on the water spreading out. I mean, they know some people know this one sleep consultant. She works with one strategy, so she doesn't work with so many different ones. It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Like your child has to, you know, have a certain age and do one technique. So they find me a little bit more gentle in that way. And and what about um, those that maybe aren't as open minded to sleep training in Sweden? Are you coming across? Are you coming? Are you coming up against a lot of pushback? Um, I would say I'm finding more and more my clientele right now, which uh, honestly is the ones that can leave the room for a little bit of crying. And um, those clients are a lot easier for me to work with. And there is a very big resistance against any type of crying for your child, which uh, it's really something I need to work on and, you know, spread the information on. It's not dangerous. It's totally fine. And they can cry with you in the room or you outside, whatever you prefer. But there's going to be some crying and we will try to minimize it as much as possible. But it's definitely, uh, you know, something growing every day. Yeah. And I, I would imagine you actually spend a lot of time coaching parents to understand that crying is communication and frustration and sometimes that their babies are just tired and wishing they were asleep. Right. And, and giving yes. them that education is probably really, really helpful. Yes. And I got a lot of great tips from, you know, your other uh, podcast interviews that I've been listening to. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to bring this to my business. And so there's been a few ones that I really like that I've been taking on on my own little, you know, spin. But um, there's there's a lot to educate around here. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the cultural differences between Sweden and the U.S. with respect to this work? Um, so I guess the first thing is to have your child on a routine. It's not common that wake windows, it's like people are blown away. I give them a, you know, a schedule for age appropriate schedule and the child starts sleeping great and they just can't believe they just needed a schedule, which is on every other, you know, other sleep consultants site but in sweden it just doesn't exist so that is very unique here and i think maybe it's getting more eventually but it's just you just don't keep your child on a routine um and then about the crying we have a very low tolerance to any type of crying and um 
we have a method that is dreaded. It's called the five minute method. And it means that you leave the room for five minutes and then you go back in and you repeat that. So a lot of people that I coach, I, they ask, do you coach the five minute method? I heard it's horrible. I'm like, yeah, I coach that and a little longer. <laughs> but I also catch, you know, the inside of the room techniques. But um, so that is um, something that is, yeah, they're really frightened of. It's really... It's really blown up in social media over here that is horrible to leave your child. Yeah. And what about like the napping outside? That's something yes. that I think is very different from what goes on here in America, right? Like we're not we're not taking our kids out in their bassinet strollers to take a nap. Like nobody does that here. Yeah, so it's pretty funny. So Sweden has the longest paid maternal leave in the world. It's about a year and a half paid, and people sometimes take longer or save days. And you see moms and dads for kids, you know, from babies to a year and a half walking around on stroller walks constantly to get your child to sleep. Not because it's cozy, because they have to, because there's no other way to put your child to sleep. So it's kind of behind like a habit. But prior to that, also a lot of people have their children sleep outside, specifically in the winter when it's really, really cold here. Uh, you bundle them up and you put the stroller outside and you let them sleep. So in my coaching, you just, you know, you let, you let them sleep outside. That's just how it goes. So you, I have to work with that because I realized early on, I can't not work with that, but it's working out really good. It's just about, you know, lessen the amount of rolling the stroller to succeed because you don't want to walk the child every time for an hour, you know, but that's what people do. Okay. Yeah. I, I find that to be so interesting. You know, it's funny to learn about the cultural differences between different countries and communities, you know, we as Americans were always worried about our kids being so cold, right? Like, I feel like nobody would do that. Nobody would just no. park their stroller outside in the freezing cold and, and have their kids sleep. But, you know. Even uh, daycare I, does it. Yeah. A lot of daycare yeah. does it too. Yes. Yeah. I think it's super interesting. So are you working with your clients for an extended period of time due to the fact that your clientele tends to want to take a more parent present or gradual approach to sleep training? So I found a really great like middle lining for this for that works for me. So what I do, if they want to do the, you know, the more parent present approaches, I give them the sleep plan. We have the startup meeting and then I'm telling you work with these, you know, three or four points uh, by yourself for one to two weeks. There's no coaching. There's no, you know, check-ins. And then when you feel comfortable, if it's two days or if it's two weeks, whatever, then you get back to me and then we start the coaching. So, and that has been very, very great because it feels like the clients can do it in their own pace. And I mean, and there is like, you know, if you want to co-sleep after three in the morning, you can do so because everybody co-sleeps here. We, the goal is always not to bed share or co-sleep, um, but eventually they have the child sleep in their own bed. But I have to also be a little bit more flexible in that. So this, you know, the safe yeah, sleep guidelines that you guys have in the U.S. also does not exist over here, which is another, you know, really interesting point. So, yeah, so that that's really interesting. And you find that giving your clients a bit of space without your coaching ends up benefiting you because they can sort of work at it at their own pace without you pressuring them to move it along at, yeah, at so your pace. They, it's a, they feel like it's a little slower. They make more exception. You know, if you want to pick the child up after, you know, whatever minutes they want to, they can do that. But I say when we come to the coaching, it's going to be a little more strict. Um, okay. but it's been, you know, I got a lot of good feedback from moms that's been doing that technique and, or like, you know, the, the slower approach 
And, and I tell them, you know, if you want to check in after a week, you know, and ask me a question, sure, do that. I'm not so strict about maybe my time always. I try to be a little more generous to the people that go longer. But I initially tried a longer package that I recommended for these families, but no one was initially paid for the longer package. Um, so then I figured just they do it themselves. They got the plan to stick with, and then I come back into the picture. Yeah, that's really smart. So my next thought is, I'm wondering how you balance your own temperament and style toward, toward sleep training against those who are clearly less comfortable with it than you are, right? Yes. Um, how do you balance that? Because if I'm putting myself in your shoes, I'm really attracting, in my business, I'm attracting a clientele that is very similar to me, you know? <laughs> um, I, I tend to coach most of my clients through the check-in console, which is, you know, my own sort of spin on the Ferber method. And, you know, we're operating usually in like 10 minute increments, which most of my clients are comfortable with. If they're not, then we take another approach, but that's what most of my clients, that's what they would do anyway. They're just coming yeah. to me to make sure that they do it the right way. Um, so I guess for you, it, it feels a little different because maybe that's what you would be doing in your own home, but that's not what your clients want to do. So how are you balancing your own style with the needs of your clients? Is it just a whole lot of patience? It's definitely more patience, but it's also, it's a little more okay. I mean, I got my daughter, she's a year now. She was a screaming baby. Like she would not do anything the first, you know, few months. So I thought I was saying in our community, like it probably takes a really hard baby for you to become a really good sleep consultant. And that showed to be so true because I went the most mellow ways you could do with her. It was a very, very slow sleep training. And after like four and a half months, when we finally pulled like the bigger trigger, uh, she sleeps amazing. So for me, having that in the background, I know we can go more softly and that's okay if my clients want to do it. It's not my preferred techniques because it gets a little, you know, you lose a little bit of the interest and it's really, really slow. But um, so I feel like I know it's possible and it's okay to coach through that. Even if they ask me, what would you prefer? I'll always say a little bit of the quicker method. So sure. Sure, sure. So Let's let's get back to the the business side of things because that's yeah. really what this podcast is all about. Um, now that you're you're up and running and and you're doing great, by the way, how many families are you supporting a month? And are you, if you're comfortable, would you mind sharing some of your sort of like income benchmarks? Yes. So I do about uh, twenty to thirty families a month. I've been up and running for about five months, and I had one month off when I was on vacation in the U.S. And I was kind of nervous to take the vacation, you know, and shut down my entire business when it was so new. Uh, but I stuck to it. And when I came back, my first month was crazy. It was such a high demand. And that first month, I made $21,000. Wow, that's really impressive. And that was what, your like fourth or fifth month? In yeah, fourth business? month in business. Yeah, that's totally crazy and super impressive. And I'm, I'm just so proud of you. It's so funny to me that not funny, but just it's something I don't know what it is that for so long, you were so scared to get up and running and, and you sort of pumped the brakes on yourself for so long. And the second that you decided to roll with it, you've just been full steam ahead. And it's been really exciting to watch you grow your business at such a rapid pace. 
Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I'm living my dream. I almost sometimes can't believe how good it's going. I didn't expect, I, I thought it was going to go good eventually, you know, but not this fast. So, so it's obviously a clear, really big demand here in Sweden that is being not helped before. But uh, I mean, my original plan was to help clients in the US because I didn't think it was going to work out here. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, I am much more happier. My husband is happier. Everybody's happier. And this is still, I mean, I'm still full-time on maternity leave. So I'm right. still caring for my daughter all day long. And I have meetings when she's sleeping and sometimes in the evenings. And I do classes in the evenings as well. So would you be able to share a little bit about, you know, one thing that I know for people who are listening to this, I know that my audience is made up of a combination of people who are interested in becoming sleep consultants, but then also uh, lots of people who are already sleep consultants are listening to this podcast, right? And yes. I know that people who are listening to this are thinking, okay, she started four months ago. She had a $21,000 a month, which is totally insane. Uh, like how, what is your process? Would you mind sharing a little bit like, if somebody reaches out to you and they're interested in hiring you, what does that look like? Do you get on a discovery call? Uh, what sort of conversation are you having with them that helps them to realize that working with you is going to be a major, major shift for the better in their life? Yes. So um, I only do discovery calls when I take walk with my daughter over lunch. So I actually strictly only do it over the phone now because there's just not enough time to do it. Um, and then, you know, if they want to move forward, it's, it's really nice to be able to offer classes or some sort of group coaching for the clients that either you feel like you aren't clicking with. So you actually, you know, the one you're doing two weeks with is a client you really like to work with, which is super beneficial. I really realized. Um, so we got on a call. Uh, they fill in a Google form. I do their sleep plan. I've got super efficient in my sleep plans lately. Uh, I really got that down now, which is a lot nicer than I used to have it. And then um, we do the two, you know, we do the first call. We got the two weeks. I do four to five minutes start call and two 15 minutes check-ins. And, so and but what about but what about before they hire you? Because I think that's what people oh, are wondering. Sorry. It's like, how is she getting all of these clients? Like, how, why, why is everybody booking Malin, right? So what is it that you're saying on these calls that is like, yeah, I got to work with her? Oh, okay. So I guess the initial, I always say, you know what? This sounds really tough. I can help you. Like, we can fix this together. You do not have to accept. If you're not comfortable where you are, please don't stay there. Like, it's too, you can't go your entire, you know, maternity leave and be miserable. That's not fun. You should enjoy this. So I think it is to just, like, reach out and tell them I'm here for you. And every time I get a client with a really specific request or that feels really challenging, specifically early on, I always say, yes, we can do this. And, and I say, you know, if we can't or for some down, down the road, it won't work out, I'll give you some or all your money back. So I feel like I have a little bit of a guarantee because it's quite new. Um, the more I'm established, the less people ask for a guarantee. They're like, all right, I'm just going to hire you. Um, but uh, I'm very, I guess I'm very, very confident in that we're going to fix this. So it's kind of like the fake it to make it part. Yeah, well, I think, I think maybe it was fake it to make it in the beginning. But now I think you really are confident, right? I think you yes. really do fully believe that you can help these families. Yes. I mean, now, you know, you hear it's pretty much the same story almost every time. It's, it has a few weeks, but it's, it's such a relief to know you can help them and you can hear how they're like, you know, there's a lot of moms crying when I talk to them and they're so, you know, happy to hear that. They've never got, uh, yes, we can do this from, you know, the Swedish system is always, 
this is normal. Children's sleep suck. Is the response they always get. So just having someone that believes in it and tells you we can change this, I think it's definitely a really big, a big thing for them. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. And then I'm also wondering if now that you've supported so many families, if it's shifting and you're seeing more referrals come in. So families that you've worked with in the past are sharing your name with their friends and their extended network. Yes, and those are sometimes the best families because uh, they already know what I do. They kind of know my strategies and they still want to hire me, which is really good. And um, actually, I added like a, uh, I have five sleep you know, training method in my sleep plan for every client pretty much. I just recently added the fifth, which is like a fervor version. And that's when people start going a little harder. So when I only had one uh, method to leave the room, they didn't want to do it as much. But now when I have more options, they tend to be like, all right, we choose one of the two. Um, so I, yeah, it's definitely the, that those type of clients is a lot easier and they're very, very pleased in the end. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about mindset a little bit. For someone yes. struggling with mindset and believing in themselves, which I think is a very common way to feel when you're yes. first starting your own business, right? What would you say to them? I know it's been a real journey for you. And I'm so I'm so happy to see that you're on the other side of it, right? I think in the beginning, you really struggled with mindset. And now mm -hmm. you sort of went from like one of the most nervous, timid of our students like you were so scared to get started and now I see you as one of the most confident of in our community um what what would you say to somebody that's struggling with their mindset and how to how to make that shift I mean I think it's all about like mapping out like what you want to do like we do the five-year plan like where do we want to be in five years what type of jobs do we want what flexibility if your personality suits the job you want to have but then to put it, like, if you put it in writing, it's a thousand times better. So I love, you know, putting your plan in writing because you see it and there's a bigger chance you're going to achieve it. So I tell this to my clients too. You, you know, type down your dream for your child, put it on your wall and you see it every day. There's a higher chance you're going to achieve, you know, that them actually sleeping because you see it and you want to work towards it. But I think the to-do list is is crucial. And when my daughter was sleeping early on, when I was working on my um, company too, to get up and running, there was no household duties. When she was sleeping, it was working. Like there was no exception. I put my phone away and I just like, what is my to-do list today? And I, you know, as soon as you start that, it's amazing feeling too. Like you feel like you're doing something, maybe it's boring, but it's bringing you towards your goal where you want to be. And when all that boring stuff is gone, you're living that dream, which I feel like I'm in right now. Oh, I love that. Great answer. Well, thank you so much for uh, having this conversation with me today. I'm so proud of you. And I love seeing your success. Um, and I just I can't wait to see I feel like this is only the beginning for you. So who knows what your business is going to look like six months from now a year from now. Uh, I really I can't wait to see uh, before we wrap up. Tell everybody where they can find you whether it's uh, your website, your social media, whatever you'd like to share. All right, so you can find me on Instagram is my biggest platform. So it's Solvande Barn. I'll put it in the show notes so <laughs> okay, that people thank you. can find it. And if you want to see my activities, I do, you know, the sensory activities is Mommy Malin. That's all in English. But um, uh, the other part is all Swedish, though. Yeah, so I will link all of that in the show notes. I have to say before we sign off, uh, Malin's account that she does in English that's all about sort of like sensory activities for kids is 
fabulous. I follow and I'm constantly sort of borrowing her ideas and using her activities that her, she's doing with her own children as inspiration for mine. I've been following her for a few years there now. So I highly recommend that account. And I will put your sleep account in the show notes so that people, people can find it more easily. Uh, Malin, thank you so much for chatting with me today and congratulations on all of your success. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much. And I hope you will tune in for the next episode.